0: Welcome back to another episode of the Rotten Apple Sports Podcast. This is your boy, Larry. As always, joined by my co-hosts, Will and Los. Yes, I'm back. I know I wasn't here last week. I said, as always, I wasn't with the guys last week. I was going through some stuff. They took over the show. They did their thing. But I'm back. This week, we're going to get into... We got to talk about the Nets. I know y'all spoke about the Nets last week, but we definitely got to talk about the Nets after they blew out the Bulls last night. We got... A Cam Reddish got traded to the Knicks Will Definitely gotta get some of your, your Perspective on the direction Of the Knicks after this trade And then we definitely gotta talk about Joe Judge I know I'm the only Giants fan on the show We got two bum ass Jets fans here with me But Joe Judge got fired We don't have a coach, they do That's what's important To really understand New York sports You gotta breathe it Live it, experience it Whether you're watching the Grom strike out batters at city field Or watching Randall Barrett and the Knicks at the Garden Heck, even watching KD, Kyrie, or Harden drop 50 in Brooklyn Whether you're a Yankees fan, Rangers fan, Giants fan, Jets fan, or even an Islanders fan There's one thing they all got in common They represent this city, just like this podcast does Rotten Apple Sports Tune in What's good, fellas? I'm happy to be back with you guys. I feel like I ain't talked to you in forever.
1: Yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to have you back. You know, good to have the team back together. A lot okay. of stuff is going on in New York sports, so it gives us a lot of talk about today.
2: All I know is when I first, when that Roge tweet hit, I saw the name Cam Reddish. I was like, okay, okay. he's going somewhere. When I saw the Knicks, I was like, I thought of you guys immediately, and I
0: thought of my pops. I'm like,
2: This is good.
0: And then when I
2: saw what they got for him, I was
0: like, highway robbery, dude. Lowe's, do you know a bigger Cam Reddish fan than myself?
2: No, I do not. I I I don't think I do either.
0: I don't think I know any Cam Reddish fans personally. I think, well, I don't know about Will. I don't really know his opinion on Reddish. We'll get to that in a second. But, like, I know personally the only Cam Reddish fans I know I don't know them personally. I met them through Twitter, interacting with Hawks fans when I was covering the Hawks for Hoops Habit. So this is going to be fun, though. Like, it's interesting to see the trade. It doesn't really move the needle too much. But I love Cam Reddish. I'm hyped that he's back with RJ. They haven't played with each other since college. Will, what was your initial reaction when you saw the trade?
1: You know, I was a little bit shocked because I know the Knicks had – Cam in the radar, and they were talking to Atlanta about certain moves, but I wasn't expecting the Knicks to pull the trigger on this deal like that. This, it, you know, a lot of people don't know the background work the Knicks The Knicks do, but Brock Aller, the capologist, he, you know, and that's one of the guys that Leon Rose goes to to talk, you know, before he makes a trade. One of the smartest guys in the NBA when it comes to that, and you could tell the Knicks know they have a cupboard of assets they're gonna have to use. Eventually, you can't sit on so many assets because you can't bring in so many young guys. Eventually, guys are going to start to phase out. And I think this to them is like a a low risk, high reward. Because at the end of the day, Cam is due for a contract in 2023. And if he, you know, things don't pan out here, you just let him walk. Eventually, that Charlotte pick is a top 18 protected this year. Then it goes 14 protected the year after that. 16,
0: actually. It goes to 16, then 14. 14. That shit it, is heavily protected for like three, four years.
1: Yeah, I know it turns into two seconds if after three years it's not, you, you don't you don't get the first. So eventually you, you basically give up nothing for Cam Reddish. And if it works out, you're getting a young asset with, you know, one of your budding stars who played with him in college. It, it's a good mix. Maybe he needed to change the scenery. And I don't, I don't see a downside at all. I really don't.
2: You saw what he did in the playoffs last year. You saw what he did in big games. He was playing good defense. He was hitting threes. Bottom line, like I said, when I saw it, I said, this is highway robbery. There's no downstart here at all. And what's funny, because you said that in a couple of years, that first maybe turns into two seconds. And if you look, uh, the Lakers were offering two seconds for him. And I'm wondering, did, did other teams not know that this is what it would take? Or this cams um the way other teams view cam different from the way fans see him because when i'm looking at him i'm looking at a guy with good size good defense he could hit the three and he's he's just developing you know he wasn't getting a lot of time in atlanta so he's like the prototype of of the new age in basketball so i'm thinking he's more valuable than what some other teams did and i love it for the knicks actually um even, even beyond the relationship with, uh, with R.J. Barrett and, you know, possibly Zion down the line, you know, if, if you want to dream or if you want to, you know, go – if you want to take your mind in that direction, for this team, he helps now. He can help in the future. And like I said, you gave up Knox. You gave up a first that's probably going to turn into two seconds. It's a beautiful deal. And f- just like last year, the Knicks jumped early. They went and they got – there it goes early. They got – this guy early, so they they seen what they're lacking, and they they jumped on it. That's that's uh, if you're a Nick fan, that's a beautiful thing. There, there's an athletic article
1: from Chris Kershner, the Hawks B writer, that it came out a few hours ago that said that Cam requested. Chris a Kirshner
0: tra- is a bitch. Continue, <laughs> continue. I got beef with Chris Kirshner that goes back to last year, but he's a bitch. Continue. I'm sorry.
1: Well, his article says that Cam requested a trade a few months ago and that it was awkward in the locker room because a lot of guys knew he, you know, he didn't want to be there. So, you know, maybe he that the Hawks saw the Knicks and said, OK, this is the best we're going to get right now. We're going to jump on the deal because eventually you could hold out, you know, they could have held out a few more weeks to try to see when a trade deadline came and if they could have gotten more from him. But what if you didn't? Now you're going to sit on somebody who's sour the rest of the year, doesn't want to be there, causes even more problems. So I think maybe it was a a win-win for both teams because they get to see what they have with their players now, if they're going to make a move. And for the Knicks, it's a low-cost move. You're not really giving anything up. So I I didn't find nothing wrong.
0: And on top of all of that, the Knicks got a second-round pick from the Brooklyn Nets in the deal somehow. I'm still waiting for all the details of the trade to come out because – from what Woj re- re- reported earlier today, the Knicks got Cam Reddish, Solomon Hill, and a second round pick from the Nets. I forget what year. All right. So look, so they got 2025 second round pick from the Nets. Like, so I'm curious to see what the Nets' role was in this trade. Like, what did they get out of it that they ended up giving a second round pick? Or was it that the Hawks traded a second round pick that they owned from Brooklyn?
2: Yeah, I believe the Hawks owned that pick originally. So, okay, so so
0: so the Knicks gave up a heavily protected first round pick, and bum ass Kevin Knox, and Reddish. got and got Cam Reddish and Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill's value extends beyond the court.
2: He doesn't cut. really
0: bring to – Yeah, whether he gets cut or not, if he doesn't get cut, I'm fine with that because. Solomon Hill is a great veteran to have in the locker room and to have on the sidelines. He's a great veteran. And then he can knock down the threes. He can still play a little bit of defense. He's not the same player he was before when he was in Indiana and New Orleans, but he can still hit that, hit corner threes in catch and shoot situations. And he's a great veteran to have on the sideline in the locker room. So I'm if gonna... they keep him, I have no issue with that. If they waive him, I still have no issue with that. But the fact that they got Cam Reddish on a rookie deal and they have a team option for the next two years and they got a second round pick out of it while giving up a heavily protected first, which is most likely going to turn into a second. I'm totally fine with shit. Even if that first conveys this year because Charlotte ends up being that good, I'm still okay with it. We didn't give up much. The other day, Josh Eberle posted a potential trade on Twitter. On January 8th, Josh Eberly, I love the guy. He's great. But he posted a trade scenario where the Knicks were giving up Kevin Knox to the Hawks and giving up the Charlotte pick that they gave to the Hawks in the real deal to Detroit, along with Dallas's 2023 first-round pick to the Pistons. And I'm like, hell no. I would never do this if I'm the Knicks. You're giving up way too much. Like, no disrespect to Cam. I love him. But I'm not giving up two first-round picks for the guy. I don't care what they end up turning out to be. I don't care if it's late first-round picks. I don't care if they don't turn into anything for a few years and they end up being second-round picks. I'm not giving up multiple draft picks. You for said Cam it's
1: like you said. You said it and move the needle, right? So yeah, like it's it, not yeah, moving like, the needle. I'm not giving up two first-round picks.
0: Yeah, like I was telling you before the show, will like. I've never in my life been this excited about a pick that barely, I mean, a trade that barely moves the needle. It, it, it doesn't move the needle much. This isn't like last year when they traded for Derrick Rose and he sparked the bench and the team. And when they went on a crazy run, like this is Cam Reddish. He's going to provide some perimeter defense. He's arguably the best perimeter defender already. And he hasn't even put on a Knicks uniform yet. And that's no disrespect to RJ. I know I love RJ, but maybe RJ is a better overall defender but perimeter defense with cam size and length, pause, like you, you can't you can't discount that. And then he's a 30, he's shooting 38% from three this year, way above his career average. I know he's only in his third year, but he's improved his three-point percentage to 38%, and he's yeah. shooting 41% in catch and suit situations. So now we get another three-point shooter. And if they put him in the starting lineup, the defense, the team defense. Immediately becomes better. Yep. I just got two
2: quick things to say. Number one, um, what the hell is going on in Atlanta? You got Collins's comment. You a whole bunch of craziness going on over there, and we could talk about that. But the next thing I want to say is, you guys both say it doesn't move the needle, and then you just men- mentioned a whole bunch of reasons why it could move the needle. No, no, no. And I think no, it no, could no. move the needle. I don't I think said it doesn't definitely doesn't
0: much. I said it doesn't move the needle much. This is an improvement for everything that I said that Uh he brings to the team, but this isn't a a trade. This isn't a trade. This isn't a trade that guarantees the Knicks ten more wins. No, I wouldn't Mm. go that far. This is more. This is more of a to me.
1: To me, I see it more as of a debt piece. You know that he's there now. That you. You have a a, a deeper
0: bench. You can now bring you out. can move 48 to the fucking bench and not yeah, feel like have you're a, losing offense. Yeah, you could do that.
1: But yeah. let, I, now that you guys are talking about that, I I was on the phone today to try to get you know some perspective and what people thought about it and maybe what the Knicks are thinking. But they said that the Knicks have been on the phone with Indiana a lot in the last past seven or eight days. They, Tell they've me been trying Miles to.
0: Turner. Tell yes, me, Miles Turner. It
1: is Miles Turner. It's Miles Turner, and they try, they were trying to find the piece because they wanted OB and Grimes. I know I spoke about that in the in the pod last week. But Indiana wants OB and Grimes and a pick.
0: I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at the, that. I'm not Knicks, saying I would Knicks do said, it. I'm not saying I would do it. But I'm not mad are, at Indiana for wanting that.
1: the Knicks are trying to do this. Where the Knicks are trying to, if they're gonna move somebody, they're not gonna do OB and Grimes. They would try to do. Obi and Burks and a pick. They want to they want to make sure they clear that space out.
0: OK, so I wrote an article for multiplicity.media with three potential trades for Miles Turner. Now, my Knicks scenario isn't going to be able to work out now because they traded Kevin Knox already. But what I had, what I proposed was that the Knicks offer up Mitchell Robinson, Keb- Kemba Walker, Kevin Knox. 2023 top 10 protected first round pick and a 2022 second round pick for Miles Turner and nothing else. What do you think about that as you a know, Knicks I fan? I Now, obviously Kevin Knox is gone already. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if they were to add a third player for salary purposes, it would have to be, you would have to add in another player because um. What am I getting from cap.
1: Indiana? Am I just getting Miles Turner? Are now, in that, that in that
0: particular proposal that I made in the in the article was just Miles Turner, nothing else. Because the only reason why the Knicks are even giving up that many players is for salary purposes. But the way I looked at it was, you moving on from Mitchell Robinson. You know how I do that? You know how I do that?
1: If they go, if they take one of those first round picks and they knock on on Dallas's door and they bring me Jalen Brunson.
0: So you would give up that you would give up Robinson Walker and two picks If you get in Jalen Brunson. Now here's my, now, now I have a question for that. Is Jalen Brunson your starting point guard or is he coming off the bench and you moving quickly to the starting rotation? He's going to start but he's not a playmaker, but he doesn't, he's not a good playmaker. He's a score first guard. He's a great defender. He's a really good defender and he's a decent scorer, but he doesn't play make for all that. We should have just paid bum ass Spencer Dinwiddie. You know,
1: I was in the Spencer Dinwiddie train for a while. A lot of people on the
0: Spencer Dinwiddie train. I think he's the most overrated yeah. Mid player in the NBA league. He's not even a star. He's the most overrated. Well, you, what would you player. put our,
1: but, but put it this way. Where would you put our roster? If I tell you in about three weeks, you got Brunson and Turner.
0: I put us in. I would say if the Knicks got Brunson and Turner, depending on what they gave up, if they were able to keep the core together. Yeah. You're keeping the core. I'm talking if about, you keep the get- core together and you get Brunson and Turner I would say the Knicks are slightly behind the Miami Heat as the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference.
1: I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all.
0: And and that's with saying like a fully healthy Miami Heat team.
1: Yeah, I'm not mad at that. Cuz no.
0: I have the Nets as number 1, the Bucks is number 2, the Bulls is number 3, and then the Heat as number 4. Regardless healthy, of the current standings. Fully
1: healthy fully healthy rosters. Fully healthy. Yeah, yeah, rosters. yeah. Chicago, yeah, I mean I'm I'm saying Chicago, like forget Miami. about the Chicago Miami. Where do you put where where's that mix
0: there? I would say Chicago's above Miami. Miami has the defense. But well, you're not giving put Miami Chicago... the
1: edge because no. they've done
0: it No, I'm giving Chicago the edge because they have the offensive firepower to keep up with most teams in the NBA. Are they going to have
1: to make a move? Because I don't like that bench.
0: I don't like... I think Chicago has to make a move for sure. I think you got to find a way to offload Kobe White before he's up for an extension. And that's like your best route to upgrading your bench without giving up Patrick Williams. Personally... Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to give up Patrick Williams this early to. in his career. I wouldn't want to. Now, if I had to, to get a significant piece, I would do it if I'm the GM of the Bulls. But it all depends. Like, if you could get a Buddy Heel type player to come off your bench, Malik Beasley, I was looking at. I thought maybe I wouldn't a good- give up Patrick Williams for Malik Beasley. I wouldn't give up Patrick Williams in a trade for me, Malik Beasley. I wouldn't. And I know Patrick Williams. Is probably gonna miss the rest of the season, if not definitely yeah, miss the yeah. rest of the season. But yeah. I, I'm not giving him up. He has too much potential as a two way player for me to give him up for Malik Beasley, who's already like 28, 29, and has hit his ceiling. So le- le-
1: recapping, so if we now I would give up make... Kobe
0: White for Malik Beasley. Be- Be- ah, I would give up Kobe White for Malik Be- Beasley, but I would not give up Patrick Williamson.
1: So, recapping, if the Knicks, like I said, if they make those moves, you, you said f- about four, or five,
0: that that range. I would, I would put them, I would put them at the four. I okay. would put them as four. I would still have them slightly behind Chicago because I have that much respect for DeRozan and Levine and Caruso and even to an extent Lonzo. Like that team, not only is it outperforming everyone's expectations they actually look like they've been playing together for a while. It doesn't look like half this roster just got there this season. They don't look like they have many chemistry issues. Like, this team looks like they're ready to fight for everything. Now, they're not good enough to, in my opinion anyway, to get past a fully healthy Chicago, I mean, Brooklyn or Milwaukee. But I think... If it's a, fully,
1: if it's a healthy if Kyrie's in a whole series, they're getting smoked.
0: Even if Kyrie only plays on the road, even if Kyrie, I, oh, I'm a firm believer that the Nets don't need Kyrie for four games until they reach the finals. I think I think that the Heat is better than the Bulls.
2: I know the Bulls are playing better right now, but fully. Healthy. This is
1: Bolster, This is Polstra's best job, I think. As yeah, a and, but and I don't, you know, I, it's hard to I, you know, I can't stand me, the Heat. It's either. hard
0: for me to pinpoint what's Bolster's best job because is, in my opinion, he's a Hall of Famer. Personally, Spolstra is the best coach in the NBA right now. And I've said that for a- the last couple of years. Nah, he, he's hold really good. And he, I Just the bench,
2: the defense, that's why I go with the Heat. Mm. I don't trust – I'm like Will. I don't trust the Bulls bench at all.
0: I don't know. And, and that lost – that, that Derrick. And when that the heat, Derek.
2: yeah, the Heat could put the clamps on him. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, Wait, what happened got, with Derrick
0: Jones Jr.? What happened with Derek Jones Jr.? He's out he, um, six weeks.
2: Oh, six weeks is six nothing. Weeks. He'll be I back thought,
0: for the I, playoffs. He'll be back for the it playoffs. It looked bad, that's, man. That's what I thought important. he was
2: gonna. I thought he was gonna be out the season the way it looked. There was like one of them non-contact injuries. I thought right you down. was
0: gonna be out the season the way your face looked, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> nah. <not him. laughs> <laughs> I love you. But bro. look, I'm gonna be honest with you. Look, the
1: Knicks, regardless of what they make, if they make a move or not, I, I'm I'm happy. I'm alright. If we get it, if we get, I don't it, th- think get, it's an if, if,
2: man. I don't think it's an if. I think it's a when. They're they're uh, aggressive, and that's a good thing have they, haven't, yeah, yeah, they haven't they haven't lost a trade yet that I've seen like the new regime. No. I haven't seen them lose a trade yet, you know. Because I'm gonna I know be honest, earlier, let's say no, no, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Let's say we don't make another move. I, I like you said, I, I'm I'm pretty sure they're gonna make it because they've been on the phone a lot. And when this smoke is fire most of the time. But if they don't make another move, like I'm I'm content with riding out with these guys and seeing where we go. I I'm not really like upset. If we don't make a move like, like this year, we ain't year, going
0: nowhere if we don't make no, another move.
1: but I'm trying to tell you I, that is making a move doesn't guarantee that we're going anywhere. Anyways. Oh no, 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 no! I was responding
0: you know to I was responding to that one part where you say you're willing to ride out with these guys and see. Yeah, what like, like like we ain't like, going nowhere, bro. That we're going to catch who, a flat tie who, as soon as we get a block away from Nelson. Besides I'm, Turner, I'm gonna need some names though
2: because like I was looking at guys who can help in the short term and in the long term, like. Guys that you could steal from people like they did with Cam. I was looking like at a Marvin Bagley. He might not cost that much now, you know, but he could help now and he could help in the future. Rashad, hold on.
0: Exactly. You mean for the Knicks to get Marvin Bagley?
2: I'm I'm just thinking of guys that they can pick no, up. No,
0: no, no. But that's what I'm saying. Like, are you talking about the Knicks in particular? Yes, I was mentioning the Knicks. With, with, now, with Marvin Bagley's a low risk move. I just don't see the point when it comes to the Knicks in particular. Now, if it was the Nets, I'd agree with you. Because the I Nets, he's a big man, a, presence a, and some rebounds. He's a
1: redundant piece. I think we're gonna have yes. too much of the same same looking guys. Now, it's gonna be before, like two
0: years ago where we were where the Knicks fans were complaining about how there's so many forwards on the team. And and Larry, we just gonna have to agree to disagree. And I know we definitely
2: don't agree on this. Uh, me and Will talked about it last week. I'm firmly on the DeAndre Fox train. The if Fox. I was the Knicks. Yeah, De- Wait, De- the Aaron Knicks to get the
0: Aaron Fox bad yeah. move. Yes, bad. Yeah, move.
2: I think. Hey, hit me out. I think it's. I think that's the guy you go for. The depending on the court, it's st- gonna be like Alfred P. Depending, depending with.
0: All right, go no, ahead. I'm sorry. I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting you off. Go ahead.
2: Depending on the course, depending on the course, I think he's in the perfect age bracket. He's he, you guys need a point guard. I'm not, I love not I'm, not, you know, now, I'm I, not saying he I'm not saying he's Chris Paul. He's gonna be like a, you know, like a Jason Kidd type point guard, but he's dynamic enough. And with what he's surrounded with, it should be a good defense, depending on the, the price, of course. I don't think that'll be a
0: bad move. I know you're firmly against it. Now, you could talk about all the shit that you're going to give away to get him and talk about the cost and that, right? The man is making $28 million a year this year. By the time his contract is up, he'll be making $37 million, bro. You're going to pay a point guard $37 million to shoot 20% from three? Fuck that. He is Alfred Payton with HGH. Oh, my God. Oh, good oh defender. Lord. He's a good defender. Oh no. He's he's athletic. He's one of the fastest players in the NBA. He's great at attacking the rim. When he first got drafted, I thought he was going to be Russell Westbrook with basketball IQ. But it turns out he's just Russell Westbrook without the rebounds. De'Aaron the Fox, good player. Bad move if the Knicks take him. He does not move the needle. Now... If you want to talk about how the Knicks should have never passed up on Halliburton for Obi Toppin, even though I love you, Obi, but if the Knicks trade for Halliburton, now we cooking with some grease. But if you talking about De'Aaron Fox coming to the Knicks, that sounds like some trash ass baked chicken to me. I want some fried barbecue chicken. How about chicken. Deontay Murray? Deonte Murray, I love that. I love a Deonte Murray pickup. You talk about trading for Deontay Murray, I'm all for it. Now I was on um Max Weezy in the morning on Spotify Green Room. Shout out to Max Weezy, he's a great host. He's a great podcast to check out. Barbershop with Max Weezy anywhere you catch your podcast. But Max Weezy brought up the fact that Deontay Murray is averaging more points. But he's still shooting the same like his percentages are pretty much on his like on par with his career averages. So that goes to show me that he's finally healthy because remember he tore his ACL a couple of years ago. He's dealt with nagging injuries here and there. That tells me he's fully healthy. And that he's playing a lot more aggressive.
1: He's aggressive and he's a willing passer. I've been watching yes, a lot of games, he but is. he's finding the open man, you know? He's
0: averaging 18 points and almost a triple double. Mm-hmm. Now I know it's not Luca numbers, averaging damn near thirty with almost a triple double. It's not Jokic numbers, but we're talking about a six five point guard with like a six eight six nine wingspan. I love tremendous, him. tremendous, tremendous individual and team defender. Tremendous fucking defender. Yeah, I love him. And he's playing more aggressive on offense. And he's I don't know selfish? I don't know what it
1: would cost. I don't know what it would cost. San but- you know, San Antonio they play they play they play hardball. They're gonna want. That front office is going to want a lot. They don't play around. So if we're going to, if there's something that's available, you know, I'm willing to pay the price tag.
0: And he's not even really getting paid that much money. He signed the the contract extension, what, like a year or two ago with San Antonio. And he's under contract through the 2023-2024 season. And and his peak financially is 17.7 mil a year. Oh, that's good. What that's less than what Fournier is getting paid, and he'd bring a lot more value that's to good. The team than Fournier. You don't
1: even know what I would do to get. Hell this yeah.
0: guy. I definitely, I'd take Deontay Murray over Fox if he was getting paid to numbers.
1: I'll carry, I'll put him on my mm. back and walk him from San Antonio here.
0: They took that. Shit, fuck you talk, I'ma help you. Fuck you talking about. <laughs> I'ma help you. I'll right walk now. to San Antonio and back <laughs> with no water. You tell me we get Deontay, Murray. and I'ma pack Kemba's <laughs> bags for him, and he ain't even a part of the trade. Get the fuck out, make some room for Deontay. He's taking your locker, bitch.
1: Yo, for real, man. That's a guy that if the Knicks can make a move for a guy like that, wow, man. That, that's that's really what that will move. Are you talking about moving the needle? That'll that move to, the needle, oh, yeah. That'll
0: definitely move
2: the needle. But that yo, let go. let as much as me and no, Will talk happy about you the guys Knicks, mentioned the Spurs though. I'm happy you guys mentioned the Spurs because I got some guys on the Spurs that I wouldn't mind the Nets getting, you know, like who? Yeah, because I was they, ready you know, to move on there. to the Knicks. Because I
0: know me and Will talk about the Knicks until tomorrow. Yeah.
2: But well, let, well, let's no, move no, on that, to yeah. the
0: Nets. Who would you like for the Nets to get Lowe's? Okay, if we're talking
2: about the Spurs. If I could get my hands on Ben Forbes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't I know. I saw you tweet
0: pro- about that the other. I think it was earlier today yes, or yesterday. It was yesterday. You it
2: I, I could never pronounce the center's name. So I'm just gonna say the center that got traded for Leonard.
0: Jacob Purtle. Jacob,
2: Jakapodle, oh, yeah, y- yeah. Jacob. Yeah. yeah. So if one of those two, I'm trying to be realistic. Like the Nets don't have like these huge assets to give up and trade. So even uh Ross from the Magic too, you know, someone who would can it, come would off you the be bench. In, would would you be interested in Eric Gordon? You know, I heard that you name. Better be. Yeah, no, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. It's just his knees that they still, they get me nervous. But besides that, I feel you. He's, I feel he's a you. proven player,
0: you know? Look, I feel you on that. But Eric Gordon would, one, be coming off the bench for the Nets. Two? That was a big upgrade. starting, whether he's starting he or coming off the bench, he's going to play in a much reduced role. He's going to yeah. play the smallest role he's ever played in his NBA career. With Harden, Kyrie, and KD, there and then on top Hardy of that,
1: before, so he's a good, with, yeah,
0: him. they love each other. He's a good defender, so even at his age, he's still a good defender. He's an above average defender and he's an elite three point shooter, mm-hmm. yeah. But what you are take that going shit. Into one?
1: The you going to want? Nothing, they don't have
0: no. Yes. I don't think no, the Rockets I, have I'm leverage asking, for Eric
2: Gordon. I'm only don't asking because they me, don't have, interest. I'm only asking because. I was watching uh, because I follow a lot of Rocket fans and they follow me because during the James Harden thing, you know, I was following as much Houston media as I can to see between him and Deshaun Watson. I was trying to see what information was out there and they made it seem like, oh, Cam, the Knicks, the Hawks got a first for Cam that the Rockets should be able to get something similar for Gordon. They're not going to. See, not this is to. what I thought. This is what I thought. Given his age and his, his age,
1: contract, and not only he's that, they, they're gonna want a clear space to play the other guys the rest of the year. So, getting him off the roster, it, you make you giving you helping them out. Yeah, I'm not giving a first round pick for Evan Gordon. Are you nuts? There's
0: that, no way. I don't feel like they have any leverage with his age and his contract value. Like exactly, you, you have no leverage to sit here and be like I want this or I want that or I'm not doing the trade. You fucking take the trade. I don't care if someone tells the tells Raphael Stone, I'll give you a 2037 top 8 protected second round pick. You still take that shit.
1: Yeah, you got to got to take whatever they give you at this point.
0: Yeah, break up get rid of every fucking veteran on that team including bitch ass Christian Wood. Get rid of all them fucking Reddit veterans and let the young boys play. Yeah, exactly. Wood, well, Christian Wood, Christian Wood will be Wade. a
1: target for the Celtics. He a bitch.
0: Wait, I, Larry, I thought you was a big
2: Christian Wood guy.
0: I'm a Christian Wood guy when it came to fantasy. Okay. Listen, I'm very fickle with players that I don't love. I don't give a fuck about you what you did last year. I care about what you're doing right now. And then on top of that the same way that Carmelo Anthony was my favorite player at one point is real easy for you to pull some bitch shit and me. Not fuck with you. No more.
2: Oh, I already was already. I
0: was already, I was already coming off the Christian wood bandwagon going into this season because he can't stay healthy, but, That bullshit that he pulled, that bullshit he pulled when they said, yo, you need to play harder, play with more energy. He's soft mentally. And he's He's like, oh, I'm not getting back in the game. You the same dude that tweets out once a week that people still don't believe in you.
1: Yeah, he's soft. Like He he
0: looks like he can't
1: play in a big market. He'll get crumbled.
0: Yeah, you cry on social media 24-7 about how nobody believes in you and how you still proving yourself and how you want to win. And then when they tell you to play, Like, you got something to fucking play for. You say you're not getting in the game, get your bitch ass out the league. He should be thankful. He should be thankful to the
1: Rockets for the rest of their life. They gave him the bag. You should be playing hard for that team all all the time. Now, do y'all
0: remember how many Pistons fans were upset that that they didn't keep him?
1: Yeah, they were losing their mind.
0: When they saw the the contract he got from Houston, they're like, oh, why couldn't y'all match that? Blah, blah, blah. He a bitch. That's why. Troy Weaver know he was a bitch, so he let him go. Yeah, he's soft. Soft. Yeah, soft like shaman. R.I.P. Kobe. So is there anybody else you would want the the Nets to realistically target before the trade deadline, lows? I'm looking for
2: a big man. Pause. I'm looking for somebody who can help play deep. You know... Just watching, like I'm a big Claxton guy, but he's always hurt and he just doesn't have the body. Like if you could see the difference even go. yesterday's game. If you want to talk about yesterday's game, um uh, talk about a bitch. Sharp. Sharp sh- sharp who looks like Eddie Curry for some reason. He, I like I'm watching him play yesterday. He's he's
1: decent.
2: That's the rookie, right? Dayron. He's not yeah. he's not bad. Yeah, Dayron, hey, yeah. He, he's got a big body. He he he's able to bump with the big guys. He's a decent oh. passer. You know, I'm not expecting much from him. Who's that you know? other guy?
0: Oh, wait, but, I'm sorry. Who's that other guy? The rookie that Kessler. Yeah, yeah. I like Kessler. Oh, Kessler Kessler I like Kessler. Out like yeah, like,
2: at of at at all the rookies they have, he's my favorite. Only because, like I said, he fits like the Cam reddish mode. He's not as good, of course, but but he's a guy let's who's about six seven, six eight, who can play defense. Right, so, so sorry to
0: cut you off, but realistically speaking, you're talking about a big man, right? Would you yeah, trade for Mitchell Robinson? Because I want this bitch ass gone. I mean, I
2: I can't see the Knicks and the Nets making a move, but uh,
0: if the if the Mets and the Yankees can, anybody can.
2: I know, I know, I wanted this guy last year, and he's coming off a pretty terrible back injury. But if the Clippers are just giving away Serge Ibaka, like I've seen that they might be, maybe that's somebody who could fit into the net trade, um, the TPE they have.
0: I heard the Warriors might be targeting him.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, all the teams there's not there's but so many guys to go after, so the competition.
0: It's know.
1: gonna be a very it's gonna be a very limited market this year. Exactly, people don't so, know. This, you know, there's not So if lot- you had to,
0: so if you had to pick three big men. You already you already said Serge Ibaka, so yeah. if you have to pick two other big men that you would like the Nets to target that they could realistically obtain given their limited assets, who would they be? The big dude I think from Minnesota like I, is who, Who's um, that? Which one? Who's that Vanderbilt?
1: No, the other one. It's not Vanderbilt. The other big
2: dude. I, I, I thought you were talking about Vanderbilt.
1: Nah, nah, the
2: other guy. Um.
1: Hold on, guys. Let me see if I, can, if I can get into this now. I'm blanking
2: out. Well, I did mention the, the big, big guy from the Spurs. I oh, mentioned Poto, Yaka Poto, and,
0: right? Yeah, Yaka Poto. Again, Reed. I don't know
2: how much it's going to cost.
0: Oh, Nasir Reed. Okay. I like um, Nasir Reed. Uh, isn't he like a former trailblazer? Or am I thinking of Nasir Little? Nasir Little, you thinking?
2: Okay, that's yeah. Little, yeah. That's the guy. Yeah, that, yeah. the guy N- that almost N- took N- out Kyrie Z- ankle. Nas Nas Reed is, Reed. That's a good. Pickup for Reed.
0: He's a great pickup for the, the Nets, because as we saw in that Portland game, that disappointing Portland loss, I know you still got to give us your other player Los, But in that disappointing Portland loss, you saw it. Well, I mean, we've seen it all season. Their biggest weakness is being able to defend the basket and get rebounds. The same as last year. Like, How much is Nerkic
1: making from Portland?
0: Uh, like yeah. sixteen mil, something like that. But Nurkic is on an expiring, so it wouldn't be a bad Yo, pickup either. Ouch! That's the guy right there, Los. But
1: that's does he guy. really
0: defend? I don't know if he's going to be a he's, rim protector. He'll be a good is. rebounder, and he can and he can that, do some playmaking he's an, from the. And five. He's,
1: a, he's an aggressor, you know. You go, even though he may not block that many shots when you go in the paint, that's a big body there. You know, you got to think about it twice.
0: For his career he averages a little over a block a game. This year he's only averaging 0.5 blocks per game. So I'm not mad at it. He's still averaging 10 rebounds a game. He's averaging a double-double. Yeah. He's only I think he can replicate his production for the most part if he gets traded to Brooklyn. I think his rebounding numbers actually go up to be honest. I wouldn't be mad at that. I think that's that, that's actually a player I I was shocked to hear you say that but yeah, I think that's a good pick yeah. for the Nets.
2: I was looking, being honest, like I told you, I was looking at guys like Bagley, even like Jalen Smith, who's been playing with, you know, with eight Phoenix, and out. right? Yeah, you know, guys like that who aren't going to cost too much. At least I wouldn't. But you may are. have to,
1: you, regardless of the fact, you may have to involve a third team when you make a trade. So you're really oh, just yeah. dropping yeah. stuff around.
2: But I think we all could agree on the, the type of player they need, you know, there, there's a prototype that they need that they're lacking. Cause because yesterday they showed you that they can, you know, when they're at their best, and they they're still not at their best. They're still missing Joe Harris, but um, and they were missing Claxton. But when they play together, the big three, they they're very good. Even even if the defense has suffered a little bit, but they do need somebody because. You know you can't have Giannis just kill you kill you like that and you can't have him be just kill you like that all the time and don't that's don't let me wrong. Tell these guys a, kill a, a these guy guys like, kill everybody. A guy
1: like Nurkic would be would, would it would it would no, solve I mean, a lot of problems.
2: I didn't know I I didn't know he was you know available I don't know if he's available but if he's in an expiring that's not a bad that's not a bad uh, more than a no move because Portland
1: has a new GM. They're trying to clean stuff in there, move stuff around, so they wouldn't yeah. mind training him to get something in return. And they yeah, is shut down
0: to- for the season, bro. So like everybody yeah. should be available at this point.
1: This will be a, a thing where you would swap out Nick Claxton and send him over there with a pick,
2: something like that. You know where they, they get somebody I young. Could, I think I, I could su- I could survive that. You know, I, I'm not one of those guys. Who were looking for like a big time player, but I, I also know, know with when you got something limited, most likely you're gonna be giving mm-hmm. where Edwards sharp, sharp looks good, but when you're when you're trying to win, you can't have they basically had over the last two weeks, they've had four rookies playing about 20 minutes a game. You know, this is not, this is a team that's trying to win it all, and you know, of course, it's because of COVID protocols and stuff, but these guys are getting a lot of minutes that I didn't think they were going to be getting this year.
1: But you can't really count on Joe Harris. You don't know if he's if he's even going to come back because people rehab different. And you don't know what's going on with him. I them. mean,
0: what is it? An ankle I would injury, hope right? I
2: would. Yeah, it's an ankle injury. He's been out. I think it's been six weeks already. I would hope he's back by April. You know, that's three months from now. But you, like you said, and Steve Nash said it's a little trickier, but still. Either way, they got to do something, cause you know why I'm telling you
1: because no. I'm a little up, eerie
2: about these. I'm a little when, eerie about this.
1: When you get an ankle surgery, right, and you rehabbing, there is there's sometimes there's there's loose, you know, loose particles in your ankles. They come out again. They have to go back in there. So that's what they're telling you. They're taking their time because they don't want that to happen. Because if yeah. they do, he's gonna be out
2: for the year, dude. And I'm I'm all for it. Take your time. Take your time. And I, I know Larry, you know, he he deals with that field. He knows all about these injuries and stuff. So you don't want this guy to come back and get injured again.
0: Man, I love Joe Harris. I hate ankle injuries. They're the worst. Ankle injuries are the worst. Like, even, like, you talking about the how I know shit, bro. Like, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I'm going to keep it a buck with all the listeners, too. Hopefully my boss never hears this episode. There'd be patients coming in and then the front desk would come to me and they'd be like, yo, do you treat ankle injuries? And I'd be like, nah, send them to the other location. Like anytime anybody comes in with an ankle injury, especially if it's post-surgery, I don't want to deal with them. Cause they're so complicated and annoying and frustrating. And it's just like, and then patients be hard to deal with. Sometimes they don't want to listen to you. They want to fight back and push back on your instructions. And it's like, Yo, I, I, I hate ankle injuries, bro. They're the worst. So I understand, like, what's going on, like, for the most part. Like, it, it's nasty. Like, they said it's a lot more complicated than they expected it to be. And that's because the ankle is so complicated. There's so many different ligaments and tendons that's connecting your foot to your leg that she can go left very easily. I would assume... Honestly, without knowing too much, because, you know, the the Brooklyn Nets are one of the most secretive organizations when it comes to injuries and, re- and recovery time. So my assumption is that it's either worse than they originally anticipated or they pushed him too hard in his rehab and he had a setback.
1: Mm-hmm. Could be.
2: Speaking of things that have gone left, I noticed a. Tough situation for Larry when it comes to the Giants, but they fired Joe Judge, which, depending on who you listen to, he could have gone, he could have gotten fired, or he could have stood. And it sounds like the last couple of weeks and his press conference and the stuff he said about the Washington football team and about free agents and all that, it sounds like that was the last straw. And his play calling late in games, late in the season, it turned the fans off. So, This is a proud franchise who normally, you know, if you go back in time, they normally don't get rid of coaches this fast. And they've done it the last three coaches have last two years. But I know for sure Larry was ready for Joe Judge to go. So
0: I'm not even sure. Shermer even last two years or did he get fired after one? He got two years. Two years. He
2: got two years. Oh, yeah. It was it was McAdoo,
0: right? McAdoo got one year. Yeah, McAdoo. No, McAdoo so, had two years too, because he went to the playoffs his first well, year, and everybody thought we had a good coach, but he's really a bitch. He got fired yeah. before
2: the second year, I believe. That's when he. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, no, he got finish. no,
0: he got fired before the second year finished. He got fired yeah, before the second year finished. He got fired though. with one game left in the season. So I, I'm
2: not even gonna ask if you're happy. I'm pretty sure you're happy, but I did a backflip very for the early. first
0: time in my life. I did the first ever backflip of my life. What would you like them to do, if anything? Is get there a, a certain new, guy out there? Nah, I wouldn't say there's a certain guy out there because, like, initially I was gonna give the most dry, generic response and say get a new coach, but um, nah, there's not a, a particular guy out there that I like, like, but um, I'm more focused on the GM position right now. To be honest, I'm not, I'm not too pressed about the head coaching position because we still don't have a GM. We need to go out there and figure out who's going to be the next GM for the Giants because Dave Gettleman retired, even though he should have got fired three years ago. So we got to go out there and get a GM and let the GM decide who's the best coach for the job. And they also need to decide what the fuck we're going to do about Daniel Jones because he still has two more years left under contract with team options. So they they can exercise the option and keep him and focus on building the rest of the team up, and then going to get a quarterback. We also have the potential of them drafting a bum-ass quarterback in this week draft class. And we also have the potential of them going out and getting an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson via trade. So, you know, as you know personally, I think that they should just stick with Daniel Jones to now, build up the offensive line continue to build up the rest of the team and then go out there and get a quarterback. Cause I like Daniel Jones, but he hasn't shown me anything that he's going to be the guy that wins us a championship. But I'm not, like I said, I'm not focused on the head coaching position right now. I'm just happy that Joe judge is gone. I don't know if I'm more happier now or when, um, what's this guy's name? Jason Garrett. When Jason Garrett got fired, I don't know what makes me more happier. But I'm, I'm happy that Judge is gone. And, you know, I was, I, was, I was in favor of Judge for a long time. But this season, the Giants regressed in damn near every section of the team. Like, every aspect of the team, we regressed. They didn't look like they enjoyed playing the game anymore. Now, granted, horrible season, losing season. But so was last year. But the team played hard every game, regardless of the fact. This year, it didn't seem like the team was given the same amount of effort as they did in the past. And I know Daniel Jones got hurt, but you out there running Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon, like, that's horrible, bro. Like That's an indictment on the GM and the head coach. The play calling was horrible. Joe Judge has fired so many coaches in his two years with the Giants. It's ridiculous. I think the only coach that's probably fired just as many or more is Brian Flores of the Miami dolphins. And he's not with the dolphins anymore either. And they cited that as one of the reasons why come on, the giants have had like three offensive line coaches under Joe judge. They've had two offensive coordinators. Like this is not a model for of success. Constant change within the coaching staff is a detriment to the players. I've spoken multiple times about how Daniel Jones has been a victim of having to play under multiple head coaches and multiple offensive coordinators and multiple systems in such a short period of time. Like, Daniel Jones just completed his third season in the NFL, right? He had one coach in college, what, Dave Cutliffe, I believe his name was, at Duke. Then he gets to the NFL. Pat Shermer is his coach. Then Joe Judge is his coach. Now he's gonna have another coach next year if he's still on the Giants. He's already gone through four different offensive coordinators. The man has played for so many different head coaches and offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches in a four-year, three, three year span, technically, right now, that it's fucking ridiculous, bro. Like, how is he supposed to get any consistency or comfort within the system? Get into a flow, develop when it's constantly a different person in his ear telling him different things, wanting him to play a different way, wanting him to play in different systems and learn different terminology. like that, That's a detriment to the quarterback, which is the most important position on any NFL team. I'm not saying he'd be an all pro quarterback if he had some consistency with the coaching staff, but that just goes to show, like, how deep this shit is. Like, I'm I'm sorry for talking so much about this, but, like, I'm, I'm happy Joe Judge is gone. I'm interested in to see who they bring in. Do they go the college route? Do they get a former NFL coach? I would be very upset if they get a first-time head coach like they did with Joe Judge the first go-around. Like, nah, fuck all that. Get someone that knows what the fuck they're doing that can communicate. With veterans and young players, you have to be relatable. You got to be able to relate. You got to be able to teach and you got to be able to motivate. And the only way you're able to do all of those things, in my opinion, is if you get someone with head coaching experience and some type of track record of success.
2: So so what I'm thinking when it comes to the Giants and what I'm most interested in is. Is what's gonna happen with the quarterback and the running back. Because there's some pretty big decisions to make. And I think I'm with you. I think I would stick with Daniel Jones. As but when it comes well, what was that?
0: No, I was good. I was just gonna say real quick, like as of right now, I don't see any scenario where Saquon is not on the roster next year. Okay unless they pull off some type of trade and i don't think i don't care what gm it is i don't think you trade saquon right now like this is the lowest his value has had to be like his whole career like you could have traded him after he tore his acl and got more back than what you'd get right now
1: i don't think I honestly i don't think the gm coming in is either gonna it's gonna do anything about daniel jones or shake he's gonna want to see himself he's gonna want to see himself what he has he doesn't well, want to see tell you you from this somebody much. else's point of view you know I'll what i'm tell saying you this so,
0: much Anybody with two eyes knows that Saquon a bitch.
1: Yeah, but as a GM, like you said, you got to build the value.
0: No, yeah, you're of course, getting, yeah. Like- you're
1: getting two cents on the dollar right now. You're not getting anything back. So the if only you build way- up its value, you get something in return.
0: The only you know, way Saquon is on the roster pass next year is if he shows that he's not afraid of contact.
1: And at this point, like I tell you, I don't. I'm not a big. Guy, I'm not a big fan of giving running backs any big money. You get running backs in the draft. Running backs in the 20th round that become starters. Running back is a position of not giving guys that, that kind of money is dangerous.
2: Hey, Will, I got a quick question for you. I know you know we're jet fans and stuff, but if you were the Giants, I because I'm not asking Larry because I already know I asked him plenty of times and plenty of episodes before about whether he would trade up. To not up but trade some of his draft capital for Russell Wilson or Aaron oh Rogers. no, I got I know you're not asking me, I'm I'm not asking you, and, and I'm not asking about them. And you know what? I am gonna ask him about them, but I'm also asking about uh Deshaun Watson, also because again well, today heard, they mentioned they he's they, never gonna play for the Texans again,
1: and they said they they want five picks. I'm not, you know. It's a lot of picks to be given up for a quarterback. I don't I I, I you know I'm the type of guy that if, if the team is ready to win right now, then you go get the quarterback. But the Giants are not ready to win. So that's a that's a that's a move that's you're going backwards because you're trading all your draft capital, you're not building an online, you're not building a defense, you're not building anything. So then you're gonna get a quarterback to get hammered here too, and then and then you traded all your capital. So it
2: doesn't make any sense at this point.
0: I would and love for the Giants. For some to reason, do this. the
2: Giants don't have cap space either.
0: Like, I would love for the Giants to go out there and get a veteran quarterback that's allegedly a superstar and turns them into Super Bowl contenders. I would love for that. Just so all the fucking people could shut the fuck up about how the Gi- that the Giants are instantly Super Bowl contenders with these guys. I don't a give name. a fuck if you go get Patrick Mahomes right now. This Giants team is so ass, it doesn't matter who's the quarterback, bro. It doesn't I matter. I got
2: a name who's not I got
0: a name who's not a star who won't cost as much. Wait, but even before you get there, before you go there, I just want to point out. Remember before the season started and when you first started asking me those types of questions.
2: Yeah, I started last year.
0: I told you that everyone saying that Daniel Jones doesn't have an excuse anymore is an idiot. Because just cuz he has weapons doesn't mean that he's going to stay upright because our offensive line is trash. And just because he has offensive weapons doesn't mean we won't be playing from behind because our defense isn't that good. I told you we were going to regret getting rid of Dalvin Tomlinson and look at the defense now without him rushing the middle with Leonard um, Williams. No matter who comes in that quarterback, no matter what it costs or doesn't cost, we're not a playoff team because we get a better quarterback. Let alone a Super Bowl team. I, I predicted that they were
2: gonna make the playoffs. They didn't. And when it comes to Daniel Jones and the quarterback, all you need to see is the last four or five games. They were terrible. They couldn't. They couldn't get to midfield half the game. They were awful. And with Daniel Jones, they looked like a real offense. I like, no, I. That's They look like a real offense. They just look
0: better than they do without
1: him. Look at at what you're saying. Look what you're saying. Without him, they couldn't get the ball to midfield. But with him, they weren't winning games. So that means the other parts of your team are not good. Yeah.
0: You know? And also, and and, and granted, that's not on him. Kenny Galladay didn't have a receiving touchdown all season. Kenny Galladay and. That's Kenny Galladay crazy. ended the season with no reception touchdowns. Darius Tony, who I complained that the Giants spent the first-round pick on, and all the Giants fans on Twitter were telling me that I was crazy. Los, some of your boys too. I know you, you me and you had conversations about the interactions I was having on Twitter mm-hmm. and how people yep, yep. were killing me. People were mm-hmm. killing me for being upset about drafting Kadarius Tony. And look, look at his rookie year. Yeah, couldn't man. stay healthy. When he was healthy, he was. He had one game where he looked electrifying. He had one game where he looked electrifying. And in that same game, he punched somebody in their fucking helmet. That was the cowboy game, right? Yeah, he's a fucking douche, bro. about Xavier
2: Suggs, bro. That was bad, man. Like, like come on,
0: bad. bro. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like. The giant look. Sterling Shepard couldn't stay healthy. Like I said, he can't. Like 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 everything that I said was wrong with the skill positions is exactly what happened. Everything I said, and and I was an advocate for going and get Kenny Galladay. I wasn't even mad at the Kenny Galladay signing. In hindsight, yeah, it was a bad move, and it's not because he didn't catch any touchdowns. It's just because we're spending all this money on wide receivers and tight ends. And we can't even fucking get somebody to snap the ball properly for 60
2: minutes. I just want to say I saw somewhere. I know this is not a, a gossip podcast, but I saw somewhere that Sterling Shepherd was going out with Mary J. Blige.
0: That's wild behavior. She's like five times his age.
2: I'm just saying he got divorced and now he's with Mary J. Supposedly. Yo, this dude is like, see, this is why I be against
0: marriage, bro. Like, what? This dude is younger than me. He's already divorced with a, and probably has just as many kids as me. <laughs> Like, it's crazy. Yo, that's crazy, bro. Uh, look, look. See, you talking about gossip, and I started talking my shit. You bet chill.
2: But look at but look at the bright side when it comes to the Giants and the Jets.
0: Wait, what as is As of the... right
2: now, as of right now, they have two first-round picks in the top 10. You can... They can, that's they can you, that's get guys building. they need.
0: The bright side and is the that to... Dave Gettleman is no longer to... the general manager. Oh, and Joe Judge is no longer the head coach.
2: And, and I Comara's hate the fact that, there. and he has to All right, first listen, of all,
0: you you leave you leave my person, owners alone.
1: I, I'm gonna tell you, no bias. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain to you why. To them, they hold when they when they seem to when they seem to hire somebody, it's it's hard for them to let the rope go. Understand? They want to meddle. They don't want to. If you're gonna hire somebody to do, listen. If you're gonna hire somebody to do this job, you gotta let them rock. Understand this is a this is going to take a while to clean this stuff up. So if you hire somebody in here, let them get the coach they want, give it some time, regardless of what the fans and the media tell you, it's going to be a slow build. It may take a few years to get everything to, and that's no, that's not, there's nothing wrong with that
0: right now. As long as you're
1: getting it correct,
0: my only you know? pushback on that is that they've only done that one time in the last 25 years, and that was when they hired Dave Gettleman. They did some asshole shit. They did some, they did some real asshole shit. So the ownership group wasn't going to hire any general manager that was not okay with continuing to put Eli out there as the starting quarterback. That's why Lewis Riddick didn't get the job because he was ready to move on from Eli. That's why Dave Gettleman ended up with the job. They were familiar with him because he used to be in the organization before And he was okay with running Eli as the starter. Now, I've always said that if the Giants would have put an offensive line in front of Eli and actually tried to get him a run game before he was 35 years old, then the Giants would have had a chance to make another playoff run and possible Super Bowl run. But the past is the past. My whole point is that the Maras aren't what James Dolan used to be. The Maras actually – well – Mara and Tish, I should say, give a little bit too much leeway. Look at how long Dave Gettleman lasted. Even with all the decisions that he made that came under tremendous amounts of scrutiny. They still kept him and was like, we're going to give him another chance. But he knows he has to raise his batting average. This is what like they give way too many chances sometimes. They let the GM rock shit. The GM might as well be the president of football operations in the, in the giants organization. Cause they give a lot of leeway. And they even said Mara put out a statement the other day saying that they want the GM to run pretty much. They, they pretty much said that Mara pretty much said that the new GM will be the president of football operations and running everything down to the college scouting they give leeway they give freedom they don't micromanage the way it might seem to outsiders they do not what they do is, is that they evaluate your job at the end of the season every fucking year it's almost as if your job is on the line but not really on the line every year it's like you know those corporate offices where they do like the yearly evaluations or six month evaluations and they're like call you into your boss's office all fucking nervous and shit, put you under a bunch of pressure, just tell you you're doing a good job. It's the same thing with the Giants. The Giants will tell the GM that you're doing a fucking horrible job, but we're going to give you another chance. This is what they do. Dave Gettleman lasted four years longer than he should have been here. Plain and simple. Everybody knows that. Every fucking Giants fan wanted Gettleman gone even the ones that said he wasn't as bad as other people make it seem wanted that motherfucker gone and Marat and Tish held on to him now what I would say is they're too fucking old school for 2022 they want coaches that coach like it's Vince Lombardi out there that's not how shit works anymore the world is too fucking sensitive, let alone a fucking 21-year-old 20, making $9 million a year. Mm-hmm. And you think that these fucking prima donna-sensitive-ass motherfuckers making millions of dollars is n- going to want to be coached like they're in the fucking military? No. I'm gonna have to. The world is too sensitive. Players are too sensitive. Every fucking sport has gone soft, athletes included. You can't have guys like Joe Judge and my beloved Tom Coughlin out there anymore. You just can't.
2: I could just tell the Giants got you down right now, but don't you worry. Know I, be brighter like, days I have ahead. not
0: enjoyed having a conversation about the Giants for about three, four mm-hmm. years, to be honest.
2: Like I said, maybe that changes, you know? Brighter days ahead.
0: Brighter days are ahead. What is this? We this is January thirteenth, twenty twenty-two. I don't think the sun is gonna shine over MetLife Stadium until 2025. And when it does, it will be for the Jets, not the Giants. Mm. But bless. Zach Wilson will not be your starting quarterback because he's a bum ass nigga. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could have gone one pod without taking a shot. Oh, no, no. Nah, nah, I had to. I had to. I had to I had to take at least one shot. <laughs> oh man, that was that was good. It was great. It's great to be back with you guys talking shit. Unfortunately, L- Los made me talk about the Giants for 20 minutes too long. But again, that's not good. from now on. I don't for at least
2: two three months. We're gonna talk no Giants, and then we'll have big draft stuff.
0: But... Anytime y'all mention the Giants, I'm pleading the fifth until draft night.
2: Well, actually, no, I'll take that back because we're going to have to mention whenever they hire somebody, you know, maybe it's somebody you like, maybe
0: it's not. Oh, you know, speaking of before, I guess before we wrap it up, the Giants have already interviewed about three or four people for the vacant GM position. They interviewed, um, they interviewed Ryan, Ryan Poles. He's the executive director of player personnel for the Kansas City Chiefs. They interviewed Quentin Harris, who's the Arizona Cardinals vice president of player personnel. They interviewed Adrian Wilson, who's the Arizona Cardinals vice president of pro personnel, and they also interviewed Joe Schoen of the Buffalo Bills. He's the assistant general manager. If you you
1: see all now, the
0: reports came out that Joe Schoen crushed the interview.
1: That's the Buffalo Bills guy, right?
0: Yeah, white boy, the one white boy that interviewed for the job just so happened to crush the interview but i haven't heard anything about the three black guys that interviewed i, I, I wonder if
2: that means i wonder if that means they're going to hire the uh offensive coordinator from buffalo if he, he gets the job the, well, well
0: we'll we'll see what happens it all depends right but i will say this the rooney rule is a piece of shit rule oh no man no 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 let me let me no there. no no i just want to out. the only black coach
1: in nfl right now
0: yeah exactly now look only one black coach in the NFL right now. The Rooney rule forces teams to interview at least one minority, right? The Giants have interviewed one, min- um, three minorities and one white boy. I just want to throw that out there. If I'm not mistaken, a few weeks ago, maybe like a month or two ago, I remember Will calling John Mara a racist. <laughs> I remember yep. him calling John Mara a racist, like Woody Johnson ain't giving people cancer. <laughs> but, um, I don't know when was the last time I seen an organization interview this many minorities, and the interview process has just begun. Oh, well, look, it really you know just what, you began know, two days ago.
1: You're gonna do something. You it'll be a difference. I'm not gonna say nothing, but it, I don't care about who you interview. It's who you hire.
0: So if you you're hire, right, somebody, you're right. You're you know right. I want them to hire Lewis Riddick. That's why I want them to hire I, I as the general Lewis, manager. I think Lewis
1: Riddick is a smart dude, man. I think. I think,
0: I hate the fact that he once played for the Philadelphia Eagles, but I would love for them to hire him as the general manager. Now, as the head coach, the only person that I, I'm like kind of like at least interview him and see what's up is Eric Bieniemy, however you say his name, the guy from oh, Kansas City. Bieniemy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he deserves yeah. a chance. I, I I felt like he's deserved a shot at a head coaching job for a few years, but I also did say earlier in this pod that I do not want a first time head coach. But at least interview him, bro. Interview him. Yo,
2: yeah, yo, but I'm Bring him in. Surprise you guys. I'm surprised you don't guys don't like Flores for whatever reason. I actually I, I know, know a lot a of people. Guy.
0: I know a lot of people that's high on Flores getting another job, and I know a few Giants fans that have him as the guy they want. With some of the reports that came out, with the way shit was going in Miami, I'm not so sure I want him as my head coach. To be honest, and I
1: think, it, and I, I'm, I know we they used to the NFL used to retreads and guys getting hired, but I think that would be too quick of a turnaround.
0: We just one left- guy I would be okay with if it was a retread. Like I want a retread, whether it's a. Well, I'm, I'm not even going to say a retreat. I just want someone with head coaching experience. I don't even care if he's coming from college and never coached in the NFL before, but got like 10 years of college coaching experience, then I'm cool with that. If, if he's won and like showed like some type of culture building and success at his college program, then I'm all for it. But one guy I wouldn't mind is Matt Nagy. Mm-hmm. I like Matt he, Nagy. He got
2: to... Yeah, he got to the playoffs with Trubisky twice, I
0: think. Yeah, you know, someone brought that up. I think it was yesterday on Spotify Green Room, And it was like, yo, he he went to the playoffs with Mitchell Trubisky twice. And then someone else was like, no, he went to the playoffs in spite of Mitchell Trubisky. And for me, that's even all the more the reason. Like, all you're doing is supporting how good of a coach he is. If in spite of having Mitchell Trubisky as your starting quarterback, he made the playoffs twice in four years. I'm all for a Matt Nagy signing, but I would like to see, I don't know. i I Honestly, I I don't have a real favorite for the head coaching, like I said, but Lewis Riddick is the guy that I would like to see them give a chance at the general manager position. And that's all I have to say. But it was fun. It was great talking with you guys. Happy to be back. It's a good episode. Hopefully, a lot of
1: good content for the rest of the year for you guys. But this was really fun. Glad to have the back, the gang back together
0: again. Yo, and trade deadline coming up soon in the NFL. I mean, I in mean the NBA. NBA, NFL draft is just a couple months away. Hopefully, we'll have an MLB spring training soon. It's going to be a lot to talk about this year. It's going, to, it's going to be fun. These next few months are going to be fun. They're going to be stressful because we root for some shit teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but
1: it going to be good content for you guys because we're going to come express ourselves here. So you guys get to hear all of our pain and all of our joy.
0: Oh, by the way, I peeped your bitch ass Rangers have cooled off a bit. Yeah, but mm. they went in tonight, man. I hope so because I bet on them. <laughs> <laughs> But all right, we'll catch y'all next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Rotten Apple Sports Podcast. Make sure to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from.